You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Rick Chauvin's Woodstock Brewing is putting out world-class beer with names like Baby Dragon Pale Ale and Mean Charlene Goes. He also co-wrote the song Let's Get Lifted with Kanye West for John Legend's first album. DOTJ Podcast starts now. Okay, so we're sitting with Rick Chauvin in Woodstock Brewery. Music's playing in the background. You can't hear it. I can. Um, just great to be here. I love beer. We've had uh, other brewers on, but uh, I'm happy to be up in Woodstock and uh, be sitting here with Rick. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, yeah. and uh, great to have you in our brewery. Thanks, man. So why don't you give everyone like the five-minute uh, journey from, I know earlier you said you're Long Island to Manhattan to Woodstock, and what brought you here? Well, I was coming up on the weekends to go hiking in Woodstock and um, I you know kind of fell in love with it in the area so I wound up uh, getting a weekend house up here right. and then that weekend house wound up turning into a full-time house but prior to that I was doing a lot of cooking and the brewer um, Scott he uh, had been coming to my house every weekend and eating all the food and he was like <laughs> do you want to brew a beer with me so I said sure you know why not um, and we brewed a Belgian double and it was atrocious and undrinkable and um he just kept working at it and you know one day after i moved up here full-time he said do you want to do you want to open a brewery and i said i don't know i don't don't really know about i'm kind of taking a break right now and he he um basically convinced me to help him work on his beer with him and try to make it better and so I would sit there every day in the garage taking notes. And, and it's in your house. Yeah, in my yeah, house, in right. my garage in Woodstock, taking notes, tinkering, trying to figure out the ingredients, learning the hops, learning how we could adjust the water to make the beer softer or more bitter or um, drier. So a question for you is, um, I know scotch uh, in general is driven by the uh, what local water sources they're using. Is it the same here? Like the water is, I mean, the water is fantastic up here. Sure. I um, mean, like I, I think as with anything... Um, you know, the terroir or whatever you want to call it um, for, for beer is like important. And water is definitely one of the important things. Um, you know, the, the base level minerality in it um, provides like a good base for a lot of our beers. And then right. some of them we have to adjust to, to make it, you know, make some of the, the, the ingredients hum. But, right. but that's pretty So what made you fall in love with Woodstock? I mean, Woodstock, as we all know, is people, nobody will ever not connect Woodstock to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer of Love. Uh, the weight, uh, you know, um, Leave on Helm, uh, the Rolling Stones, like e- everyone has played in Woodstock. Um, so, what made you fall in love with Woodstock? Well, I mean, I, I actually came up here with a bunch of musicians um, and, oh. and would just hang out in their houses and go hiking. And it's just really peaceful for me. Um, it's a really like relaxing place. And, and there's just a lot of outdoor stuff to do. And when I was living in the city, we didn't really have that as much. And you just get a lot of openness and open air. And, and, and so I wound up like really liking the 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 freedom and 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 the the, the hiking and and the outdoor activities and the, the like you said the water um, and the air just smells crisper and fresher. That's great, yeah. And so it was like a, a no brainer. I mean, clearly there's things in the city that that I miss, like the variety of food and the quality sure. of the food. And, yeah. But um, 
we make. What do you miss the most? Sushi. Sushi. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. think it's. I don't think it's any one specific thing. Right. I think it's like everyday variety. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you were in finance before, and you're, which is super high stress, and now you're up in the mountains hiking. You start making beer, and you fall in love with beer. Was it one beer that you felt that you should always consistently drink? You, man, I love this. Like wine guys always have one wine that tripped them and got them into the wine business. Um. I think there's a couple different beers. Um, I think that the um, um, Anger makes a Hellas Lager that I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I remember there, there's two beers specifically. Um, Omegang Hennepin Saison. I was like blown away with one. Oh, I had it. Sale, yeah. Yeah, and then also, you know, the first time I really had a crazy IPA was uh, Firestone Walker Double Jack. I thought that beer was so incredible. I I had them ship me a case from Oregon to New York, and the shipping cost more than the beer. So it was it was. Uh, so that's where the love affair begins. It was just it was it was right. a really good experience, and yeah. so and it was different from what I normally drank. So right. so you go from the garage, and now you start to make beer, and you finally so you said the first couple of batches were awful, but then what's your first beer you hit, and you go, this could be a business. Um, I think we we just. We kind of took a pale ale recipe from one, like a, from a, like a clone recipe from a, a, a one of the breweries that we admired, and we just basically made that recipe about 150 times in a different ways mm-hmm. until it kind of morphed and became our own, and and we found the things that we liked and we changed the things that we didn't like, and and eventually it turned into Baby Dragon Pale Ale, nice and um, and. We basically, that's how we learned, like, the brewing process was, you know, trial and error mm. and, and really trying to understand the ingredients. And it's still a learning process. I yeah. mean, like, it's every an, day. It's an art form. Sure. Uh, right? I mean, it's certainly, like you said, you can try different yeast, different barrels, different fermenting vessels, different tanks. Different and temperatures. Everything. Yeah, different temperatures. Everything sure. is going to change this, right? Yes. Um, and so you still, so now you're, you're, uh, you have one beer. And so where does the brewery, like, okay, let's do this? Where does um, that start to come so, Well, I... I I took time off from my finance job and then, you know, after, after, um, doing nothing for like a year and a half, I was like, I can't, this, like, it sounds great, mm. but it's really just, you know, mind numbing. Right. And unless you find outlets and, um, it, and you're, you know, I'm sitting in the, in the city and, and, and sitting on my couch waiting for my friends to get out of work and like doing nothing, watching TV. I'm like, right. I need to get a job and I need yeah. to do something. So Scott said to me again, do you want to, do you want to, um, open a brewery and I was like you know what let's let's do it and so it wound up starting as like looking for something small and it took us a while and then it wound up turning into something much bigger and and here we are yeah so your initial production was how many cases did you make our first year we made I can do it in barrels we our first year we made 440 barrels oh wow so what's that roughly cases uh probably be 4,000 4,500 cases wow that's that's Um, not bad that's right out of the gate yeah and it was almost entirely sold out of our tap room that's um, awesome. So, so good, all great local support. I think, like I said earlier too, I think Woodstock just is such a great name. And I mean, you'd have a hard time finding people who don't connect something great to that name, that feeling of Woodstock. So yeah, good I for mean, you keeping it Woodstock Brewing. Yeah, um, it's, it's uh, we tried looking at Woodstock for a place. We, then we, we just went in concentric circles until we found one that was suitable for us. So, right. And it wound up being between Woodstock and Phoenicia. The, the irony being that, you know, the summer of love, everyone says is Woodstock yeah. was actually in Bethel two hours from here. <laughs> and then Socrates. In Socrates. Right. right. So, right. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool that you ended up in Phoenicia, yeah, which, sure. is, which is uh, uh, super cool. So uh, where, what's your distribution like now? Where are you? Are you like so, in a bunch of states or? We are now 
um, just distributing Westchester to Canada, Eastern New York. Um, we're, we're on the verge of going into New York City and Long Island, okay. um, as well as looking into to distribute into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are maxed out on our production. So even if we were going to distribute into um, New York City, Long Island, or New Jersey, it would be very limited. Right. And we also, but we did get some new tanks. But we've also now got expanded our distribution and our core um, right. um, footprint with more re- uh, retail outlets. So it's really fluid right now. But we've gone, our first year was 400 barrels. Our second year was, call it 800. And this year we'll do 1,200 barrels. Okay, wow. Um, so we, we've had pretty good growth. And it's all been like uh, through our brewery. So we've always, we've, our brewery's grown, grown in terms of sales at the same rate that our distribution growth has been right um so i know in the wine business there's a really basic formula that you have to hit five thousand cases before you start to break even now there's a lot of hidden costs but like that's a general rule of thumb got to get up to five thousand cases there's something similar in uh beer uh, uh it's very difficult to tell because i have a restaurant over them. right okay um you know it's funny i was talking to garrett oliver from brooklyn brewery and um and he was he's been there for a very long time and he's the brewmaster and he said you know i remember when we were selling this beer and when brooklyn was taboo like brooklyn was just considered like who gives a shit it's brooklyn mm-hmm. and in pickup trucks delivering it and now they're i think in 37 countries sure so is there a long term like what would you as i know you probably want to grow it organically but is a long-term vision like 10 years you'd like to have international distributorship um, i mean i don't know if i think that far ahead um <laughs> sure. it's uh yeah. That's I, a- I mean i just you know every day i wake up i just hope we can keep selling the amount of beer and uh to the people that that buy it now mm-hmm. and 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 make them happy and try to find more outlets and show our beer to, to right. additional people. And like if we get to being international, I mean, great. But right. I mean, it's not something I expect. It's just something that will happen when right. it ha- if it happens. You know? Well, I think uh, I think there is a, a, um, a similarity between Brooklyn Brewery in that Brooklyn's a brand and Woodstock's a brand. This is just built-in kind of idea about what it is. Brooklyn now is super hip. You know, they do sake there. They do sure. you know, uh, tons of different spirits uh, in, in Brooklyn Gin. Uh, I think Woodstock, uh, certainly I could see that coming in that direction of like having this kind of bigger distributorship because or, or distribution because of, of the name. Um, but uh, how about music wise? I'm listening to music walking in here. You're big music. You said you came up here with some musicians. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I'm also a songwriter. Yeah, I, cool. uh, I wrote a song with John Legend and Kanye West. Um, that was uh, John's title track on his first album. I know shit. What's the name of the song? It's called "Get Lifted." Oh wow! Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean the music is like huge here. I mean we right. we listen between the kitchen and the brewery where we have music going eighteen hours a day, yeah. and it's not like specifically one thing. It's it's you know whether it's the Latin music from the kitchen, which I've tried to get them to listen to other stuff, or um, <laughs> what we listen to in the brewery. I mean it's. It's a huge variety. There's no. We all have our like favorites, but right. we'll we'll listen to anything from jazz to to, to rock and roll. To Do you hip-hop. find that each beer style has its own kind of music or musicality to it? Like I find that in wine, and I talk about music and wine all the time. How they're like simpatico. Um, I mean, I think like with any creative process, like the what what creates like influence is all like the external, you know external modalities pressing on you mm-hmm. and so like music is definitely one of those things i mean it creates a mood and it creates an environment for thought and so when you're creating if you have music in the background or even if you were influenced by it it's something that you use to you know 
and to think about and, and like, to inspire inside of, yeah. inside of you, you know? that's pretty cool now you're writing songs so John was a long time ago Kanye do you still write no we are me. in a brewery that's where the beeping no, no, is I here got other, I have other <laughs> uh, I have other <laughs> more pressing things right yeah, now yeah but you will you eventually get back to it you think uh, we'll see I guess I mean not many people could say that they mm-hmm. wrote a song that uh, yeah, John Legend is uh, singing yeah but uh, congrats on that. So let's do a kind of a basic uh, beer class here. I have a bunch of beer in front of me, um, and it, it is the afternoon, so we can we can start. Um, uh, I, I was uh, telling Rick that a buddy of mine who uh, writes for Atlantic and the Times, uh, I told him I was coming here, and he sent me a picture of the Raspberry Goes. So I was like, very funny. Talk about. Uh, um, uh, timing, but uh, so let's walk through. I have a bunch. Um, so we're looking at the first three are. Um, the first one is the Raspberry Ghost. Okay, and just to go back to that. Like it, it really makes me happy to see when people show me pictures like that because the only thing I really get to see is uh, people in our tap room, sure, like drinking our beer and they're like, oh, it's great, whatever. And then when they leave, you never know what they actually really sure. think. Yeah. But when people are at home and they send pictures, or we, you know, we really get to see it on Instagram. People posting their stories or, or pictures or tagging us that they they have our beer that they really like it. It's like it's pretty meaningful because you really don't know what true feedback is. Oh, and yeah. So um, I think it's I think it's I think it's important for for us to see that too. Yeah. Know? No, I, I I totally agree. So what makes it goes goes? What style is that? I know all beers are like basically lager and ales, and they start there and then they morph into something else depending on fermentation, bottom top fermentation, all these other kind of components that maybe we could talk about in a general sense. So sure. So the the goes are yeah. are the are kettle sour beers. That um, that are soured with lactobacillus and then boiled, and um, once they're once they're boiled to kill off the uh, lactobacillus, then we um, put them into the fermenter and ferment them. Um, once they're done fermenting, we add the fruits that we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, or if you don't have to, but we do add right. fruits to it, and then we also add salt. Um, sometimes we add regular mm-hmm. uh, regular kosher salt. Sometimes we use. Um, pink Himalayan sea salt. That's delicious, so, man. That's, um, it's crazy because the raspberry is just a teeny subtle note on the very finish. Yeah, I mean, the, um, like the goal for our beers is is always to like never overpower you. It's mm. it's to really um, be balanced and smooth. Um, and some of them are perfect or what we consider perfect for ourselves. And then some of them are still work in progress, are always tinkering. Right. But um, so yeah. these are sour beers. As so well. these these ones are sour beers, yeah. which is great. So a sour beer has taken off, like mm-hmm. I, I was saying earlier. Um, in Manhattan is just I just they're just everywhere. It's kind of very similar to me to kombucha. Um, they call sure. this kind of the bucha belt, but yeah. um, I, I love kombucha as well, and 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 very similar to some a lot of natural white wines. But um, what is it that is just so captivating about them? Is it is there's a, an acidity and a saltiness. The savoriness to them, right? Yeah, sure. That's just, uh... there, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's varying degrees of acidity associated with these beers and, and how you make them. And so, me personally, like, I enjoy the Gozas because there's, there's like, a balanced acidity. It's very subtle. Right. Um, sometimes when you make other sour beers, not specifically Gozas, but, or maybe even Gozas, like, you wind up getting too much acidity in them and it they wind up becoming like vinegar like right yeah and so um Volatile. for me right. like i i just can't drink those but but um um they're very popular and and there's breweries that are built around those right and, yeah um, i could see it i for me they, they what i like about them is they remind me of food sure there's a savory salty note that you're like i'm just wow now i feel like some shrimp tacos 
By the way, I'm going to have dinner here later, yeah. so I'll be trying out your. They're very. They, yeah. they work really well with food because they're they're like very balanced. It's like uh, that that salt fat salt fat acid heat. Right. So you get a lot of the acidity, mm-hmm. and then then as one of the you know components of like the meal, if right. you want to call it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what kind of food do you like to have with these? I, I mean, it's you, great with our tacos. Like, yeah, that's why. I I especially realized. with something spicy, it's like yeah. the. The, these are great. Right. Um, they're also really good summer beers because they're like light and refreshing. Crushing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the sec- second one is... Uh... The second one's called All the Berries Goza. We did that one with blueberry, blackberry, strawberry, and... Um, um, oh, that's good. Raspberries. And um, we basically tried to just make it a berry patch. Yeah. And um, it also feels like light that. and... and uh, it's kind of like a pie. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's funny? You mentioned all those fruits. So people who are listening, in your head, you're thinking, oh, it's probably really rich and it's, it's, or it's sweet. dense or sweet. And it's exactly not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's super complex. I get the blueberry. I get like uh, red fruit notes. Um, feels a little bit like a compote, but, but the acid again and the salt just lifts it up. Sure. And brings it across your palate. I, I mean, this is why I love these beers. Well, the I mean, goal, I mean, I think the goal of these is to like get the fruit in there without adding additional sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, although some people do say that it's sweet, I, I don't particularly get those flavors. But um, but it's it's the the yeast typically tends to like eat the sugar, mm-hmm. the residual sugar, so that there's right. not a lot left in there. Yeah, I don't find it sweet. I think it's it's, it's very dry and again <clears throat> fantastic. And the third one, the third one's called Mean Charlene. Mm-hmm. Mean that, Charlene is that yeah. named after uh, an X? What is that? <laughs> I don't think it's probably appropriate to do it. But, okay, <laughs> um, that one is a uh, that's like a more amped up um, sour ale. That one's brewed with lactose, so we added like a little bit of milk sugar in there to give it a little more body. Oh yeah, and then um, but that one is a pineapple, mango, passion fruit, and key lime. And we threw a little guava in this time for it. Uh, man, that's and, so tropical. It's, yeah, it's, again, it's, I, like, I think it's not sweet. It's just like dense and complex. I think that's right. out of all the beers we've ever made. That's probably my favorite. Wow, beer. that is yeah. really good. And 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 it's really like it's just a really great like representation of like what we're trying to do with these sour beers. Yeah, I think there's more kind of weight in the mid palate on this, um, but still, again, all that tropical stuff. And I think for fried chicken, yeah. Fried chicken, salty, crunchy fried chicken. We that make, would be the, amazing. The, the other thing we do with these is just for fun. Is um in the in the tap room we make uh, sour shandies with them. So we'll put half beer, half lemonade, oh, and we make yeah. the lemonade here, and um they're incredible. Yeah. I mean, they're like the greatest cocktail that's, you've ever had. <laughs> that's the summer. That's <laughs> yeah, the summer beverage exactly. right there, man. You can drink a um, hundred of them. So um before we get to the next set of beers, let's talk about like what kind of population density happens in Woodstock from. Summertime when it's packed, sure. it probably balloons to I don't know what, but it's crazy because I try to park mm. in town or even go to the Phoenicia Diner. Yeah. It's packed, and then winter kind of it falls off. People come up here and ski. You have three mountains right here. Yeah, we're we're a three season location. Okay, uh, so we have clearly summer. The fall is the busiest time of year, although mm. the days that it's busy shift. So in the summer, it's busy every day. Mm. In the fall, it goes to being busy Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but the Saturday is like four times busier than the summer. Wow. Yeah. And then the winter, we have skiing and and um, and all the winter activities, and and so we have some of the people from the mountain or the the local mountains or whatever people come up here for. Um, but we're definitely like a tourist-driven location. Right. Um, luckily, we have three seasons. It's you know what we what we miss from the city, we make up for on the weekends which is like you know the city you get you're busy seven days a week yeah here we're busy 
three days a week, but it's like very peaky. Yeah. So GQ just did a little uh, article about I forget the actor's name. Uh, even call me by your name. Chalamet is his last name, but he's a pretty famous little young actor, sure. and he's up here hanging out because he's doing a, a movie about Bob Dylan and okay. is trying to soak up the Dylan vibe, uh, being up in, up in Woodstock. So yeah, well, I mean, I think there, I, I think there's a lot of like, you know, I wouldn't call them celebrities or or mm-hmm. or, 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 or actors or musicians that come up here and they they come up here to because they're not going to be bothered. Yeah, sure. And you know, we've had a couple come into the brewery and. It's they're just like anyone else. Like yeah. it's anyone to leave. Like I mean, I, I don't have away. time to talk to them anyway because we're so busy. Right. But, yeah. but, you know, so, but um, yeah. I don't think anybody will bother them. And right. it's it's so it's 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 just interesting, it, like an interesting vibe here. Yeah, it's very um, laid back. I, I know Kate Pearson uh, from the B fifty twos is up here because she has Kate's Lazy Meadows. I think that's um, in, in uh, the neighboring town. But uh, yeah, I know there's a bunch of celebrities that kind of. Why wouldn't you hide out up here? Yeah, I mean it's, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, and you get a nice house, and yeah. you get to cook outside. And, yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, make light fires. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I, absolutely. I am, and then it's also there's the Tibetan uh, temple up here, the, sure. the, the Buddhist temple, which I visited, and it's just a great, like total chill, relaxing meditation place, which is beautiful. I mean, Woodstock does have it all, um, and I'm sure it's exploded recent real estate with the whole COVID thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's become substantially busier. Yeah. Um, and you know, of course, I hope it stays like that for our business. But um, there's also drawbacks associated with it because you know what we benefit from and gain from the business, we lose with traffic and yeah. and and uh, like you said, higher home prices. And, yeah, uh-huh. and finding getting getting um, employees housing and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, so next beer we're on this one. The next beer is our flagship IPA. It's called Endless Cycle. Um, it's brewed with Mosaic, Columbus, and uh, Citra hops. Um, it's by far our most popular beer. It has a little bit of uh, pithy bitterness at mm. the end, yeah, yeah. Um, which is different than I would say most of the Northeast IPAs because most of them, of them tend to be or try to be more juicy, which is with just limited bitterness. And, and an IPA is what's the kind of is there a clear cut definition of what an IPA is? Are there some people like I only drink IPAs. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I would say that it's a hoppy yeah. Yeah. pale ale, or right. a hoppy yeah. ale, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm. But um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. There, it's it's my favorite beer that, um, of the IPAs that we make, and it is it is probably our best seller. Um, and, but it's also a work in progress. I mean, we're still tinkering with it to like to make it exactly the way that we want it to be. And, right. and it's hard when you're growing and and trying to expand your product offering and trying to meet the customer's needs and right. and you can't build a beer schedule because you have no idea what the right. schedules are going to be like to experiment. Right. On the larger systems. So Yeah. And um, so I'm certainly once you get a hit too, you're kinda of, oh shit, that's the recipe. We gotta follow that recipe because now it has a following. Yeah, and should we change it? Should we not change right. it? Like yeah, yeah. so so I mean, you know, there's a balance between giving the customer what they want and then trying to make stuff that you like. Sure. Um and so I think that's what we're tinkering with with regard to that recipe. That's very cool. And we're on to the last beer. The last beer is called Entropy. That's the first uh double IPA we've ever made. Okay. Um it's a real they call it fruit bomb. It's like a lot of mango, a lot of pineapple, tropical fruits. Oh yeah, um, pretty smooth. Yeah, that's really good. It kind of little, little, almost like a smoky note to it or something. Yeah, and sure. It's beautiful. Yeah. It um it definitely uh is a little more juicy, a little less bitter than the endless cycle. Um, yeah. 
And great names too. Once you have uh, endless cycle, oh, it's impossible with these uh, names. Just, so who comes I up with the names? I, I do most. Of course, you're the songwriter. It's a, Why wouldn't you be coming up with the names? Yeah, I was actually talking about this with somebody yesterday. If there are eight thousand breweries and each brewery has probably fifty to eighty beers, that's four hundred thousand beer names. Wow. So like. How do you come up with a beer name? It's I was going to say the amount of times you come up with a name, I mean, you, you make, Google search have, it to like, nope. We have to make up ridiculous <laughs> yeah. like sentences now that, that don't make any sense right, to come yeah. up with like an appropriate beer name. Well, yeah, if you're a songwriter, I'm sure you. <laughs> that's kind of in your wheelhouse. Um, and the last beer? That, that's also Mean Charlene. Oh, okay. Oh, the Mean Charlene. Yeah. Hmm. I got to say, those are great beers, man. Yeah. Those are awesome. Thank you. Um, people... Um, you know, the New Yorkers who are escaping need to come up and sit in your um, your tasting room here and, and, and do flights and um, come up and enjoy this. Uh, so, if you um, so has John Legend or anyone reached out to you? Like, do you you should ship them some of your beer, man. Oh, he's in California. Unfortunately, okay. I can't ship uh, oh, ship right. beer across state lines at this point. But, oh, that's um, kind of crap. We but, can figure that out. Yeah, some way, sure right. Once you get all travel. No, I mean, like I, you know, we, I talk to him and, and yeah. um, I try to get him stuff. But yeah, uh, I have um, I've got him some T-shirts and stuff like that. So that, that's cool. Um, there you yeah. go. That'll that'll blow it up. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a big John Legend fan. Also, um, so I always play this game. Let's say. Um, you know, you, you've had enough and you're at the end of, end, end of your rope and you're like, you know, I've lived on the planet long enough. I'm going to go up to the highest mountain peak and I'm going to jump off. But before I do that. Mm-hmm. What would I bring with me? I, yeah, what would you bring with you? What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? And what music are you going to listen to? Um, what am I going to eat? I'm going to eat probably chicken milanese. Okay. And I couldn't even explain to you why. I think it's just become <laughs> like a, I just love it so much. Uh-huh. Um, what am I going to drink? Um, I'm probably going to bring a 1990 Pichon Lalonde. Oh, old school Bordeaux. And nice. then um, I will listen to, I guess, Tool, my favorite band. Yeah, a yep. song? Any specific song? No, anyone. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You, well, actually, you know, if you jump off the top of the mountain, it's a long fall down. You might be yeah. able to listen to a few of the songs. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I want to thank you for being on Drinking on the Job podcast, and I certainly hope my fellow New Yorkers will be looking for this uh, uh, brew everywhere and anywhere else they can, anywhere else they can find it. Go on your website uh, to find out more information. Yeah, you can come on drinkwoodstock.com. Okay. Um, or you can find us in the brewery. And um, thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks for being open during the... Uh, a shitty time because I, the, yeah, the taste room's uh, busy and, uh, and and good for you. People need places to go, and we still need to socialize. We're, we are uh, social animals. Thanks for being cool. open. Thanks Thank for you. being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. Yeah.